open your Bibles, please, to the book of Galatians, please. The book of Galatians. Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter number 5. Starting in verse number 16. Glad that you're with us. Hey, Paul. Good to see you, buddy. Glad that you're here with us tonight. I appreciate that very much. Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse number 16. I'll read out loud. You follow along with me, as is our custom here at the Anchor Baptist Church. Starting in verse 16, Galatians chapter number 5. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings. That's not the end of it. And such like. So this is not an exhaustive list here of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. This is the part of the verse the guy down in Ghana uh, came and talked to me about. He did not know how to explain that. I'm not going to explain that tonight. I'm just telling you that's what it was. Verse 22, could you have told him what that meant? Could you have told him what that end of that verse 21 meant? This is why you need to study it. Verse number 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. They that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live after the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Go to one other place, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 13. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 13. But if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the Spirit... So we're talking about a born-again Christian because he's talking about through the Spirit. Unsaved people don't have the Spirit. So he's talking about the battle that goes on between our flesh and our spirit. Read it once again. If ye live after the flesh, talking to Christians, you shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Father, thank you for the Bible. ask you to help me to help your people. I think this is vitally important that they understand what's going on in and around them so they will be better in the warfare of what's going on. Please help me to help your people, and I will thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Marital troubles, finances. Listen, man, I need all the kids to be quiet. I've been hearing somebody whine or cry or do something. I'm, I'm not that mature of a preacher. I get distracted real easy, so please help me out, okay? I know when the kids get to a certain age, they have to be trained to sit in here. I have a better idea. Train them at home, and then bring them here. I appreciate all the parents amening. Now, marital troubles, financial problems, car broken down, misunderstandings, sicknesses, furnace not working, death in the family, worn and tired, because of children, arguings, school bills, loss of job, house broken into, gossip, on the go constantly, embarrassment, impatience, sleepless nights, fornication, jealousy, angry, anger, envy, adultery, on and on and on. Do you know what all this is about? You say the flesh. No. It's about your spiritual life. I want to talk to you about this. If I can leave you with this thought, the thought should trigger the message in your mind. I'm hoping it will be this. My flesh is killing my spirit. 
my flesh is killing my spirit. Now, you've got to get this down. You've got to understand this. We've got to get through all this. The devil attacks our spiritual life. In other words, our relationship with God and our daily walk with God through our flesh. We're in a spiritual battle. But what most Christians don't understand is how does that take place? Why do we fall for this so much? Most do not recognize that the problems and the attacks upon our flesh is about defeating our spiritual life. Say it again. Why do we fall for this so much? Most do not recognize that the problems and the attacks upon our flesh, I'll explain this in a moment, is all about defeating your spirit. Turn to Romans chapter 8, verse number 13. Let me begin to tell you what I believe the Bible is talking about here. Romans chapter 8, verse 13. For if you live after the flesh, talking to Christians, if you follow the flesh, act like the flesh, act, act and react after the fleshly side of your life. We all have it. We all have, we all have a fleshly side. If you're alive, you have a fleshly side. They said, you shall die. Not die physically. Die spiritually. Watch what it says. For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. It's talking to a Christian. Christian, when you start living like the world, when you start giving way to the world, when you start reasoning like the world, when you start behaving like the world, chalk it up, you're spiritually going to die. Listen very carefully. Watch what he says. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, understand what he just said. Through the Spirit, mortify the deeds of the body. The deeds of the body. The deeds of the body. Ye shall live. He's talking spiritually. You didn't get it, did you? Look at your Bible. Look what it says. Romans 8, 13. For if you live after the flesh, he's talking to born-again Christians. If you decide to start acting, reacting, behaving, all the things up here that I just read and even more, when you start doing that, when you start following the things that an unsaved person would do, you're carnal. And the Bible said the carnal mind, it's dead. It's, it's dead to the things of God. Why? Because it's fleshly. And here he says again, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. Die spiritually. We got people sitting in church that are dead as a doornail to the things of God because they're carnal or acting like the flesh. And living after the flesh will kill you spiritually. It'll cause you to be dead. But he said, but if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, the deeds of the body, by the power of the Holy Ghost, the only way it can be done. The only way it can be done. He said, you shall live spiritually. So the devil, knowing most do not equate fleshly attacks as being a spiritual attack. Most of us never think that way. We do not, and I, I could prove this to you, but i got a lot I want to talk to you about. It happens in the flesh. So what he does, the Bible says, because our flesh attacks our spiritual life, the Bible said all that is in the world, all that's in the world, listen to me carefully, all that's in the world. And he gives us those three things that encompass all that's in the world. He's talking about the fleshly side. Watch what he says. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So the devil uses this to affect and destroy our spiritual life. All that's in the world is not of the Father. It's of the flesh. It's what dead people do. It's what carnal people do. It's what natural people do. When I start reasoning and acting and desiring and believing and philosophizing and doing all these things like the world, here the Bible said, I want you to understand, all that's in the world, everything you can think of concerning this world and your flesh is encompassed in those three things. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. And the devil uses this to destroy you. He attacks your flesh to destroy you spiritually. The devil attacks and uses our fleshly life to affect, stop, and destroy us in our spiritual life. Job. Job, the devil wanted to get him to turn against God. You remember the story? If you don't, it's right before the book of Psalms. You can read that. He tried to get Job to turn against God. You remember the argument there up in heaven? Not an argument. The discussion that was going on up in heaven. And he told him, if you do this and you do that, uh, he'll turn on you. See, that's what he was after. 
The devil was after God's one of his chosen examples to say, if you'll let me have that, he'll turn on you. I can get him to spiritually turn on you if you let me physically attack him. Now, I'm, I'm, we're not talking about Job. We're talking about you. So what happened here is simply this. The devil used these things to destroy Job's spiritual life, or at least that's what he wanted to do. What did he do? Family. His family died. He lost 10 adult children in one day. Remember the discussion in heaven was, you take this stuff, he'll turn against you. You let me touch him physically. You let me touch him with all that's in the world, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, the things that concern the flesh. You let me do that, he'll turn on you spiritually. I will destroy his spiritual walk with you if you let me get at him in his physical life. Are you listening to me? So the tragic financial hardships, and he lost his business, he lost his finances, he lost all of his material goods, and then his physical despair, you know the affliction that he had, all of this had to do with his physical self. Now wait a minute, the discussion in heaven was, let me get at him and he'll curse you to your face, he'll turn on you, he'll leave you, I know that he will. So all of this though, to us we're thinking that's, that's, that's about earthly something and finances about what's going on here and physical despairs what's going on here and then friendships even his best friends accused him of doing something wrong so everything physically came against him but what was the purpose that the devil wanted to do this get him to spiritually walk out on God so my flesh is killing my spirit the devil attacked Job spiritually by attacking him in his flesh please listen to what I'm saying these areas cover every area of his fleshly life. The four that I just mentioned covers every area of your life and his life. Every area. But what was the devil after? The devil wasn't after Job's flesh. He wasn't after just making discomfort, uh, making uh, so he's not comfortable, or that he just lost some kids. That's not what he was after. He was using that to get after his spiritual life. Now, one should not affect the other, but we'll talk about that in a moment. But what the devil was after was not Job's life. No, his walk in relationship with God. He was after his spiritual life. Most of us do not think that. When something happens to us in our fleshly life, we start thinking fleshly. We start attacking fleshly. We start defending fleshly because we think it's flesh. Finances, family, uh, uh, physical despair, friendships. That's, that's all natural stuff. That's all, that's all fleshly stuff, things concerning this earth. Well, what do you think that's all about? It is to get you to turn, just like with Job, to turn away from God. So the devil attacks us fleshly because he knows most of the time it affects us spiritually. This is what he had in mind for Job. Even his wife, remember? All of this going on in his physical life, curse God and die. Let's just call it quits. Let's just throw up our hand. You see everything we're going through? Ready? Let's just walk away from God. You ever notice how that happens when something happens to us? First thing we stop doing is praying, reading our Bible, and going to church. It worked, didn't it? Everything that God told us, here's what I want you to do, we stop doing when something physical in our life is attacked and we don't understand it or cannot get through it. For example, Jesus Christ, the same thing happened to Jesus. The same four areas happened to Jesus. Listen to me very carefully here. Christ, what was he trying to do with Christ? Get him discouraged to go against God's will. He said, for this cause came I in, to do thy will. That, that was the purpose of him coming here. That would be his spiritual purpose for being here, if you would. So what happened? His family, misunderstandings. What? Know you not that I must be about my father's business? Who is my mother? Who are my brothers and my sisters? They were always misunderstanding, for the most part, what was going on in his life. Finances, he barely had things to make it. He didn't have a, a, a grave of his own, didn't have a home of his own. When he started traveling, he was staying at other people's homes. He had it pretty rough. Physically, he was exhausted, worn out all the time. He had to get away from the crowds just to get some rest, and even then, they followed him a lot of times. He didn't eat properly. Friends, the Bible said many turned, went away, and followed him no more. So the same thing, a little different approach, but the same major areas that the devil approached Job in, he approached Jesus in. Will you also go away? Isn't that what he said? When some of them begin to turn, by the way, do you know what happened to them? What? We're not getting 
fed anymore. We're not seeing miracles anymore. You're not going to pay attention to us, and then we're leaving. So exactly what I'm telling you again, even with the multitude, they were looking for all the fleshly stuff, and when that stopped, just like with Job, you let me touch him. He'll curse you. He'll leave you. I know he'll leave. It works all the time. By the way, there's a lot of people used to attend the Anchor Baptist Church and churches around this world that exactly what I'm talking about right now happened to them. And they never connect the dots to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, what is going on here? Oh, I've lost this and this hurts and I can't do that. Hold on, hold on. Why is that going on? Because the devil knows if he can get your flesh in such a upset, it will affect you spiritually. And most of us will walk away on the Lord. If the devil can get us to pay attention and yield to our flesh, he will control and cause us to die spiritually. Now, we allow him to do it, but this is how he goes about it. Turn to Romans chapter 6 and verse number 16. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 16. Watch what he says. Now, this, this is kind of amazing. He starts off with this question. What? Watch. Know ye not that to whom ye yield your... Not to what? To whom? To whom? Not what? To whom? There is a whom behind all this. Just like with Job. Job didn't look around and said, what's causing all this? No, it was a who that was causing all this. It was the devil that was causing all this. Know ye not to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey? His servants you are to whom you obey. Whether to sin unto death, that would be your flesh. Sin unto death, that would be your flesh. Or of obedience unto righteousness, that would be your spiritual. You follow me? I'm just trying to show you there's more than just one place that I'm trying to get you to see this. This is very important. Listen to me. If you start yielding to your wants, to your feelings, to your cares, ready? To your hurts, to your dislikes, good, bad, or indifferent, make any difference at all. If it is not what God wants, if it does not further your spiritual life and and the cause of Christ, it is the devil using your flesh to attack you spiritually to get you out of the game. Let me repeat. If you start yielding to your wants, to your needs, to your needs, your needs, to your cares, to your hurts, to your likes and dislikes, good, bad, or different, doesn't make any difference. It's all about you. If it is not what God wants, if it is not what God wants, if it, so we do this anymore. Well, I think it's what God wants. You better be careful about talking for God. You better be careful. I think it's okay. You better be careful about saying stuff like that. What Bible do you have for that? Do you understand the devil used the Bible against some people to try to get them to do wrong? Better be careful about taking scripture out of context and make it fit your life. So what does he say here? Good, bad, or indifferent. If it is not what God wants, if it does not further your spiritual life, your spiritual life and the cause of Christ, it is the devil attacking your flesh to destroy you spiritually. Man is a tripartite, three-part being. Okay? But he is not three separate beings. Let me say it again. Man has a body, soul, and spirit. He's not three people. Any more than some idiots out there say we're serving three different gods. We're not. I have a body, soul, and spirit. I am one George Bell, and that's enough for this world right there. So you're not, you're not three separate beings. So when one part is affected, normally the other parts are affected. Now think along with me. Don't, I didn't jump to another subject. Listen to me. When I am attacked in my flesh, the devil knows almost everybody, it has, a, it has an effect on them spiritually. I am a three-part being, but I'm not three separate beings. He knows what's going on. Turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Right after 2 Corinthians, Galatians chapter 5. Look at verse number 16. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16. Now, My point in all this is get you to understand the next time physically in this world something happens to you, don't just respond in a physical fashion. Why would it happen? Who would want you to fail? Who came after Job? 
Who showed up and tried to get Jesus to go against God's will? Well, that's just the way things are. That's not just the way things go. The more you live for Christ, the more devil has got to stop you. There are no accidents with Christians. None. None whatsoever. None. Zero. Everything that's going on in your life, God wants to be there or the devil is trying to get you to change and turn away from that. So watch what happens here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. This I say, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against, or because, why? Because the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit, if you would, lusteth against the flesh. These are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. What's he saying? Verse 16, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So here again, we see our three-part being here. My flesh, walk in the spirit and my flesh must give way. My body has to give way. And so he's saying, walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So my old sinful nature, if I walk in the spirit, my spirit, my flesh, my flesh, body, soul, spirit, body, body, you follow me? Body, soul, spirit, I'm a three-part being. So what's he saying here? My flesh must give way. If I walk in the spirit, my spirit is clean and humble and pure and willing. Now, if I'm losing you all this, you need to try to keep up. You've got to learn these kinds of things. And then the soul. When I walk in the spirit, my soul is strong and refreshed, and I can live spiritually. However, walk or live after the flesh, again, all three parts are affected. When I walk in the spirit, my body gives way. When I walk in the spirit, my spirit is clean, it's humble, it has a good connection with God. We're walking together. When I'm walking in the spirit, my soul is strong and it's refreshed. I don't sit in church service this way. You think, see, your flesh is defeating your, you spiritually. And you, and you give into it. Here's what you did. Where's your mind? Your flesh is controlling you spiritually. You don't recognize that because maybe you've never heard this before. So then again, if I walk in the flesh, my spirit grows bitter and sad and critical and distant. Why? I don't care about the things of God now. I'm concerned about me. I'm concerned about what's going on. I'm concerned about what I'm missing out on. I have some wants. I have some likes. I have some needs. I have some things I'd like to do. Self, 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 self. Flesh, right? Okay, my soul grows weak. It becomes darkened and discouraged. Well, we'll try to go to church one more time, I guess. The devil is playing that way. He's using your flesh to defeat you spiritually. God says you walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. However, God also said you walk after the flesh. Your spirit grows bitter. Sad, critical, distant, your soul grows weak and darkened and discouraged, and my flesh grows stronger. And it doesn't need my help. My flesh already hates the things of God. My body is an enemy. That's why it's not going to heaven. I'll get a new body. Why? Your very body is working against you. If you, folks, listen to me. I think all of us, myself, everybody, we're going to be so surprised that we didn't dash all to the side and say the only thing that matters is Christ. When you meet him, I think that's what's going to happen. The Bible said, in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. In my flesh, my flesh, nothing good in my flesh can help me. It's a shell. It's a body. It's like putting on a glove on your hand. The glove is just there to cover. It's what's inside that's making everything work the way it's supposed to. You have to understand so the devil comes after you. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 17, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do. You ever, come on, you're bound to have noticed you're getting a good run for the Lord and man, this is really great and boy, wasn't that a good service and guess what happened before you got home? Yeah, your wife beat you up and it is terrible, okay? So all this stuff is going on here. Please understand, when I am allowing my flesh, when I am following my flesh, I cannot do the things that I would or should. 
my flesh won't let me. So the devil attacks my flesh because he knows most of us will follow in an unspiritual way. Because when I'm walking in the flesh, I'm against my spirit. When I'm walking in my spirit, my flesh, I can make it do what God wants it to do. One, I live. The other, I'm going to die spiritually. One, I will live spiritually. One, I will die spiritually. Please forgive me for saying this, but I think it's true. There are multitudes of Christians sitting in church spiritually dead. Ready? This is uncomfortable. I can't sit for one hour in a church service. I got Brother Usher. I, I got somebody just went through major surgery. We have gotten so used to complaining about our physical selves. What would you do if you're really under persecution? Well, probably walk out on God. This isn't right. That's not fair. I shouldn't have to put up with this. I'm not used to this. All of that has to do with your flesh. And if God doesn't come through when I pray, why continue to serve him? So the devil attacks my spiritual life by attacking through my flesh, which is already not for my spiritual living. The flesh, there's a law in the flesh and it's called sin. It does not want me to obey the Lord. So the devil already knowing this uses all that's in the world to excite my flesh to want to do that. And if I give way to it, I'm walking right towards my death sentence. And we die. So though you cannot separate your life, your body, soul, and, and spirit, the only way not to allow your physical body, soul, and flesh, your natural things to control your spiritual life, there's only one way to do it. There's only one way to do it. Walk in the Spirit. Now, that sounds very spooky, doesn't it? Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. The author of this book is the Spirit of God. You have that same author inside of you. You want to walk in the Spirit? When you're not doing this, you cannot be spiritual. Cannot be. I don't care what excuse you have. Well, if it wasn't for my leg, if it wasn't for what happened to me, if it wasn't for the way I was raised, oh, you're making excuses so you give in to your flesh. Job could have done that at any given time. You don't know what it's like to lose 10 children at one time, and that's why I'm not serving the Lord. I mean, what are you going to say? I don't blame you, buddy. Why do you think God put that kid's story in the Bible? to show us a lot of things. One of them is how the devil attacked him. But what the devil was really after was not his physical life, wasn't after his children, wasn't after his finances, was not after all of his friendships and all the things that he ever believed, all of his philosophies of life. He wasn't really after that at all. He was using that. What he was after was curse God and die. Is this not what comes up when we run into too many troubles? to start backing away from being the spiritual person God wants us to be. So the devil attacks my spiritual life. The Bible says the fiery darts of the wicked. Can anybody tell me how to quench the fiery darts of the wicked? Shield of faith. Anybody know what faith is? Faith is not just believing. Faith is believing to trust enough to do what God said. Yeah, but what about when all my kids die? Trust God enough to obey him. Yeah, but I just lost my job and my finances and they're going to do this and this. Trust God no matter what. That is walking by faith. That is a spiritual life. When we begin to make excuses for our flesh on why we can't serve the Lord, you're being used of the devil for him to destroy your spiritual life and he's attacking you in the physical part of your life. Though you are attacked through your flesh, make no mistake about it. It's all about your spiritual life. Go, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the book right before where you're at. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, look at verse number 3. Are you there? For though we walk in the flesh, we do. I have a body, see? Look, you see here? That's my flesh. It's a body, right? Everybody has one. If you don't, you're not supposed to be here. Everybody has a body. So, so far the Bible's true. Ready? Watch what he says. For though we walk in the spirit, we do. We do not war after the flesh. Okay, there's a, there's a fleshly war evidently. But he said we, we shouldn't fight that kind of a war. For the weapons of 
Paul wore, he's talking to Christians. He's talking to Christians. Listen, be careful. He's talking to Christians. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Remember we talk about carnality? This is a born-again Christian who is acting, thinking, behaving, reacting like an unnatural, like a natural man who's not saved. I'm still acting like I'm not saved. I'm still talking like I'm not saved. I'm still listening to things I'm not saved. I'm still dressing the way like I used to before I got saved. You're welcome. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to God to the pulling down of strongholds. Pulling down of strongholds. Listen carefully. The devil attacks our spiritual life by using flesh to get us to react fleshly. And it works, doesn't it? Sure it works. Yeah, it does. Don't stare at me like that. It works. What happens is this. Using our flesh to fight back is simply becoming more fleshly more quick, quickly, more quickly. How do you overcome evil? With evil? No, you do good. That would be spiritual thing to do, right? So when I react the way that you acted towards me, that's flesh. So what are we talking about? It is not injustice for injustice. It is not hurt for hurt. It is not gossip with gossip. It is not, I will not forgive you. I deserve. It's not evil for evil. It's not vengeance because of vengeance. I quit because I will get even and so forth. If you do that, you are speeding up your spiritual death. There's nothing Christian about you. There's nothing Christian about you. Do you understand? There's nothing Christian about you. You're carnal. I didn't say you weren't saved. There's nothing Christian about you when you start act and defending your fleshly actions. You jump right into where the devil wants you the whole time. Turn to Matthew chapter number four. Matthew chapter number four. Matthew chapter number four. Here we have the temptation of Jesus Christ by the devil. Now, first of all, that sounds almost ridiculous. What do you think he's going to do to Jesus, right? You have to understand, Jesus had a physical body. Listen to me. Jesus had a physical body. He had flesh. I know it wasn't sinful, but listen to me carefully. Here in verses number 1 through 11, I'm not going to take time to read all this. I probably should. But watch what it says here, and starting in chapter number 4, verse number 1. Then Jesus was led of spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, uh, he afterward was in hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Verse number 5. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him upon a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. Now he's going to use scripture to get him to yield physically. He's going to use scripture to get him to yield to something fleshly. Watch what happens. Man shall not, uh, verse number 10, Then the devil take them up into the holy city, set upon a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, verse number 6, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot upon the stone. That's a prophecy from the Old Testament, by the way. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not live. Uh, there shall not tempt uh, the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him unto an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and said unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. And Jesus said unto him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou worship. And the devil leaveth him. And then angels came and ministered and God gave him help from there on out. It was to get him out of God's will. All of this was to get him, I come to do thy will, O God. For this purpose came I into the world, to die for sin. That was God's will for Jesus Christ. So the devil approaches him to stop him in his spiritual trek by doing something fleshly. Now hold on. You say, well, Jesus couldn't do anything like that. But the devil, these are the tools that he uses for every human being. Every human, for example, in verse number three, you see the lust of the flesh. He used his natural hunger against him to go against God's will. 
What's wrong with eating? See, this way we reason. I'm hungry. It's been a month and a half. Uh, who's going to hold against me? A piece of bread? Come on. But what did Jesus say? I am not falling for that. Nope. I am not going to use my fleshly wants and desires to do something I know would not be ready, not commanded, pleasing to God. Look at verse number six. We see the pride of life. If thou be the son of God, I mean, you, you, you do have authority to do this, right? I mean, if you, if you wanted to, I mean, if you could, pride. You know what we do? I can do that. I mean, if I wanted to, I could do that. Yeah, I, I could. I could. But Jesus, again, goes to the Bible and tells him, uh-uh, not falling for this. Not going to do that. Go down to verse number 8, lust of the eyes. You notice on that last one, he took him up and let him see all the kingdoms and all the glory. Lust of the eyes. He attacked Jesus the same way he attacks you. He attacked Jesus the same way he did Job. Why? The devil, this is what he does to everybody. He knows that for most people, except Job and Jesus, when you attack somebody in their physical life, normally their spiritual life is very affected and they begin to weaken. And the more they yield to the flesh, the less the spirit can contend and defend and help. How did Jesus, flesh was hurting, he was hungry, he was thirsty, he was weak. How did he resist his own needs, wants? How did he fight? How did he win the battle? Turn to Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Ephesians chapter number 6, look at verse number 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to ooh, stand against the wiles of the devil. He has no new weapon. What he was kicked out of heaven with, he simply took that, twisted it for his own purposes to fight against God, but he doesn't come up with new stuff. He's got the same stuff he's always had. He uses the same system he's always used. I don't care if it's Adam and Eve. I don't care if it was Job. I don't care if it's Jesus Christ. I don't care if it's you and me. He does the same thing to everybody because he knows that the fleshly attack has a huge, if not absolute, response concerning our spiritual walk. And that's what he's after. He's not just after to take things from you make you suffer. He's not just after to embarrass you. He wants to get you to walk out on God. He'll curse you to your face. Well, I tried serving the Lord, and I'll tell you, I prayed, and, and he didn't heal, and, and, and this didn't work out right, and, and, and if God could do anything, why did he? You're going in your flesh right there. You know that, right? You're blaming God for your backsliding. You're blaming God for your walking in the flesh. In Ephesians chapter number 6, look at verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I'm talking about your flesh and blood too. You, not just other people. You. Watch what he says. But against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Because of that, because of that, wherefore, verse 13, wherefore, because of that, take unto you the whole armor. So he just got through explaining to you what we're up against. This is what you're up against. And he explains it right there in verse number 12. But in order to stand, he said, you've got to put on the whole armor. Wherefore, because we're fighting this kind of a battle, take unto you the whole armor of God, verse 13, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Evil days is what happened to Job. Evil days is what happened to Jesus. Evil days is what happened to Adam and Eve. Evil days is what happens to you from week to week. You can stand. You do not have to give it. You don't have to throw. You don't have to skip church. You don't have to throw. You don't have to hold on to your tithe because you can't make ends meet. What did God tell you to do? Where did he say to be? So as soon as you start making excuse because of your flesh, you're walking in the flesh. And the flesh bringeth forth spiritual death. As soon as you're standing. So watch what happens here. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, 
watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. This spiritual warfare, listen to me, kids, quiet, listen. This spiritual warfare, we must recognize it and fight the way God said to fight. We have to fight God's way. Look, God knows what he's talking about. Anything less than what God said to do is sure failure and death. Your only option is spirit or flesh. When you're not walking with God and striving to do what God says, you are going to yield to the flesh, and the devil knows all of this. So what happens here is this. To, 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 uh, it, it was to get him out of God's will. So in verse number uh, uh, 11 through 18, most when fleshly life is in turmoil, resist and fight back in a fleshly fashion. Well, they talked about me. I'll show them. You're fleshly. You're dying spiritually. Why, why you always look at the ground when I look over here, Gretchen? I mention stuff like that. I look at you. And the kids are asleep, and you wake them up so they'll cry, so you pay attention to something. Most when fleshly life is in turmoil, resist and fight back fleshly with fleshly means. The Bible says, no, you're in a spiritual battle. You must put on the whole armor of God's, God's armor. God gave it to you to fight a spiritual battle, not a fleshly battle. We do not fight with flesh and blood. We fight a spiritual battle. Every piece of the army is to, watch it, listen, maybe you never heard this before. Every piece of armor is to protect your spiritual life. Not your fleshly life. Not your body. Not your body. Not your fleshly life. Every piece, watch what it says in verse number uh, 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 12 through 13. Truth, verse 14. Righteousness, verse 14. Gospel of peace. By the way, this is, this is not you giving out the gospel. When it says the gospel, this is not you giving out the gospel, but you will have peace because of the gospel. The gospel of peace. It's not for those that are unsaved. It's, he's talking to Christians. And he's saying when you're saved, this is what you get. When you put this on, you have peace because of the gospel. Then he said the shield of faith, verse number 16. Helmet of salvation, verse number 17. Sword of the spirit, verse 17. And then prayer, verse 18. Not one provision to help you take care of the flesh. Not one provision, not in one provision. And all that armor is to protect you fleshly. But that's what we say. You put all this on, the devil can't get to you. No, you can walk in the spirit. Armor is to fight a battle. It's to fight a battle. So what do we have? When flesh is tempted, when your spirit, when your physical life is in turmoil, when your life seems to fight against what you really know what God wants, devil is attacking you fleshly, then you decided how you're going to fight back. And if you fight fleshly, you shall die. I don't care what part of town you live in. We're fooled because we go, well, they seem to be doing pretty good. They live in a great part of town, and boy, they drive real nice cars, and they go on vacations and stuff, as though that's spiritual. God does bless with stuff like that, but that doesn't mean you're spiritual. No, it doesn't. You mean poor people can't be spiritual? If it is, this church in trouble. So what happens here is simply, it is the devil using your flesh to get to your spirit. And the best time to do this is right before or right after a big day in your life. I've told you this throughout the decades all the time. Listen to me very carefully. Right before a breakthrough for God, I just know God's getting ready to do this for me. And I've been waiting and it looks like things are starting to fall into place. And guess when the devil's going to attack? He's going to cause something to go wrong. And we get so discouraged by that. Boy, I'll tell you, I've been praying. I, I, I wish I could tell you the men that I know that decided I'm giving it all up for God. And they got on their face and they were fasting and they were praying and they were setting aside their life. They fell into sin. Now, that doesn't really make sense, does it? Trying to get close to God, and look what happened. Oh, you mean like Adam and Eve living in a perfect place? Oh, you mean like Jesus? Oh, I see. Well, what would you do if you were the devil? 
Oh, you think you're going to get a head start here? You think you're going to get ahead of the game? Oh, you think you're going to get really close to God, Job? Best spiritual man in all the land. Yeah, really? All he has to do is take the things of this world, all that's in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, and not of the Father. Those three areas cover everything in this world. You're going to have to forgive me for saying that. We need money in this church like crazy. But some of you people are letting your job rule and reign your life. You are as fleshly as all get out. You would not quit your job if somebody came in and murdered everybody but you. You'd stay. Your job is your life. It's everything to you. And the devil knows that. Have you ever quit a job because you were tempted with sin? Why not? You mean you never tempted? Have you ever walked out and they said, like, no, you're going to work on Sunday. Everybody has to. I'm sorry, I'm done. You yielded to the flesh. As if to say, God cannot take care of me if I stand for him. No? You never done that? I'm not an exceptional Christian. But I know a lot of people done that. And I have. Looks like I really suffered for it, doesn't it? You're missing the point here. You have to understand here, right before a spiritual victory, just before reaching a goal that you have been fighting for, Job said the day that I greatly feared, is I knew it was coming. I knew I couldn't be this good all my life. And God said, Job, I'm going to write your story in an eternal book. But it's not going to take place in a flowery bed of ease and what glory and honor you're going to bring me and how you're going to encourage other people not to give in to their fleshly desires and hurts and massacres and losses. Don't, Job, please. And Job said, God said, you tried my servant, Job? Devil didn't bring his name up. God did that. Why would God do such a thing? Because he knew Job would not fall for all, and God had given him all kinds of earthly treasures and fleshly stuff. He did. Read about what all he lost. He was a millionaire. Had great kids, prayed for him, served the Lord, gave sacrifice, did everything you could possibly do, and lost it all in a week or two. And came down to sitting in an ash heap after living in a mansion. Nothing he did wrong. That's the part that could fry us, isn't it? But I didn't do anything wrong. We've lost complete sight of God and what God might be doing in our life. God be good getting the attention of somebody in the hospital. You want to know why you're in that? God, why is this going on with me? This person over here dying going to hell. But our mind's on us. You say, well, it can't be helped. Tell Job that. Tell Jesus that. See, just before Adam and Eve were to begin their family in the garden the way God had planned it, you know the story. What happened? Fleshly attack. And it affected them spiritually, didn't it? Boy, they made some bad decisions. They lusted after something. They saw something. They wanted it. They took it. None of that was of the Lord. That was all fleshly. And guess what happened? They died spiritually, didn't they? Immediately they died spiritually. Just before Noah was to begin a brand new world for God. A brand new world. He got drunk. Blew the whole thing wide open. Did some terrible things. Do you understand what happened? Just before one of the greatest episodes the Bible ever talks about, right after the flood, let's start all over with Noah and his three boys, right out of the chute or right out of the ark. Messed up. The devil came after him and tempted him and he got drunk and did some things he should have. The fleshly attack happened just before Peter was to introduce the gospel of Jesus Christ to over 13 countries and spread around the world. You know what happened, right? He compromised. He lied. He swore. And he went back to his old job. Kind of killed the whole spiritual thing, didn't it? Just before Jesus was to bring salvation to the world, the devil beat him, lied about him, spit on him, mocked him, 
did everything they could to bring out the flesh in him, which was kind of impossible. But it goes to show us why. Why, why, why does he do this? You ready? Ready? Look at me. Because it normally works. I have taught high school and junior high, and I will pull out a pen. It's amazing how many young people and men and women look at that pen and they can't stop saying, or I wear my ring that my wife got me has about $45 million worth of diamonds in it. And, uh, and, and they'll, I don't know how she afforded it, but she did. And uh, I'll wear that. And while I'm talking, they're staring. It's not just because it's pretty. They have a desire. And the devil knows about it. So right after they get out of high school, they're nowhere to be found. They got played. Desiring stuff for them. God will give you stuff when your desire in life is for him. Abraham was rich. That was not Abraham's desire. Abraham served the Lord, and God said, look at that. Here you go. Here's some more cattle. Here's some sheep. You get thrown a couple camels. That's what he did. He's a very rich man. And the world would say, see, he was rich. Nothing wrong with that. By you saying it that way tells me you have a desire to be rich above everything. The Bible says you have an evil eye and a wicked heart, and you will not be rich in it. That's fleshly. You have to understand those things. Only one way to control flesh. Bible talks about lust of the flesh. Now, lust is a great desire to lust of the flesh. Great desire, things concerning the flesh. A great desire for things I see, lust of the eyes. A great desire for my pride. A great desire. I'm a person of evil. I'll show them. I'll get No matter what you see, what should you do? You've got to walk in the Spirit. So what do we do? This is very hard, but you're going to have to do it, or you're not going to make it. It is that simple. Everything you see, you follow God, His Word, and what's right. That's it. Yell, but stop. Yell, but hasn't got a thing to do with it. But look what happened. It hasn't got a thing to do with it. It hasn't got a thing to do with it. No matter what you see, no matter what your pride swells you to be tempted to do, to do it your way, humble yourself under God. People have often asked me, my wife and I, we talked about it extensively. How did you make it through all this stuff that you think I, I got made? And I do, I always have. She hasn't, I have. I will fight and stand up for you because I'm a shepherd watching over my sheep. I will do the same thing for my wife. But I will not be fickle. We're normally have too much pride. Well, what will people think? It's pride. And just do right. Humble yourself down and just do right. This is spiritual warfare. It's not fleshly. You start fighting fleshly and then giving excuse on why it's okay, you're in big trouble. No matter what your flesh desires, it needs to be crucified. What we say is, I don't want it real bad, but we start talking about what I deserve, why can't I have, what's wrong with, and everything you do. Okay, uh, many Christians today are heading to the world while they're still in church. Music, dress, conversation, drinking wine, which they don't really drink, drink all kinds of booze. Go places where they serve it to, and I'm still not through that. Just to let you know, haven't changed a bit. Not going to change a bit. You can go where you want to, but I'm not going with you. Quit giving me those things because I have to give them my wife, and she goes in and gets drunk, and I don't, I don't like that at all. The devil will use good or bad. The devil will use good or bad against you to get you to lean on your flesh. He'll give you every excuse on why it's right so that you will lean on the flesh, so that you'll obey your flesh. This is why even good things that appeal or promote you your dreams, your desires, your wants, your feelings 
If it is not what God wants, you have begun to walk, you have begun to walk in the flesh. You're dying. You cannot walk in two directions at the same time. You cannot be spiritual and fleshly at the same time. You are always one or the other. And you better be careful about thinking you can jump back and forth all the time. Your flesh will grow strong just like that. And the Spirit of God will not vie. He will not wrestle. He will not make you. He will not. Now the flesh seems like it wants to. Oh, it'll push itself. It'll hold everything in front of you. It'll tell you great stories. It'll give you every excuse. But the Holy Spirit won't do that. You give him the throne, and he'll let you do what you want. You're playing to your flesh. You're dying. The devil is after your spiritual life. The devil is after your relationship that you have with God. The devil is attacking the fleshly part of your life. But it's really a spiritual attack. It's not about your stuff. It's not about your kids. It's not about your feelings. It's not about what you like or don't like. It's about your relationship with God. And the devil knows that. Mortify the deeds of the flesh. Crucify daily your flesh. Put no confidence in the flesh. When the devil approaches you this way, yet you're walking in the spirit of God. And by the way, walking in the spirit of God, he'll still try to approach you. He did Jesus. He did Job. It's not like they were doing something wrong. Oh, here's my chance. They weren't doing any. Adam and Eve, they weren't doing anything wrong. He approached them the same way. You have to understand, we keep thinking if I live better, the devil can't touch me. He still come after you. You just don't have to yield. But as soon as you step a little bit to the left, you're right, my left. As soon as you start reasoning flesh, as soon as you stop listening and understanding about the spiritual battles, you're dying spiritually. My flesh, when I'm walking with God, does not have to affect my spiritual life. This is what you run into when you're tired and it's church time. You grab the pillow, turn on the golf channel, get a bologna sandwich, and you say to yourself, oh, i got to get up early in the morning. Who told you are going to live through the night? Who told you that? Who told you you're going to be tired the next day? Who told you you're going to have the next day? Obeying the Lord is the only thing that matters. And if I do not walk with the Lord according to what he says, I am walking in my flesh, and that is sure death. Walking in the flesh will cause me to die. Walking in the spirit will cause me to live. Anything, There's nothing in between, and God doesn't talk about anything in between there at all. So let me help you how to overcome fleshly attacks of the devil to continue walking with the Lord. Jesus and Job told us exactly what to do. They both did the identical thing. You remember when Job, that finally happened to him. You remember what happened first? Remember what he did? Now, by the way, in, in verse number one through three, I think it was, he had already preparing for this day. Look, I tell you, it's coming. It's coming to a theater near you. It's coming to your home. It's coming to your life. It's coming to your children. It's coming to your marriage. It's coming to your job. It's heading. I don't care how you live. Actually, the better you live, the more the devil's got to stop you. He got Job. He attacked him the same way he did Jesus, same way he did Adam and Eve, and the same way he's going to do you. But what happened? Job, before it happened, he was giving sacrifice. He was praying. He eschewed evil. I mean, he stayed away from evil like crazy. There's no way. I'm not getting close to that kind of stuff. Not like us. And the day he greatly feared came. Jesus was pretty perfect. He's a pretty good Christian. Pretty good, I think. Paul was too. And evil attacked his flesh shipwrecked, starving, in the ocean, stoned to death, all flesh, all flesh, all flesh, all flesh. Paul didn't throw up the flags, that's it. If that's the way God and Christians act, I'm done. Isn't this what we say? Well, Christians quit and they hurt me and that's why I'm quitting. I, I, I've never quite understood that. I know the temptation of it, but I don't understand it when you stop thinking about it. So what did they do? Go to verse. Go, go to Matthew chapter four. Watch this very carefully. Matthew chapter number four. I told.
told you the other day when Brother Cordy was preaching, you've got to learn how to preach long as a preacher. Quit letting your mind drift off to Maui. Quit letting your mind drift off to what I have to do at work tomorrow. Turn your cell phone off. Keep it in your car. If you're not expecting an emergency phone call, keep it over there. There's no way you should be doing business right at the church time, during prayer time, during offering time. You ought to be centering your mind upon the Lord. You're getting ready to be attacked, and the devil's going to use your spiritual weakness to destroy you. Good preaching, preacher. Amen. You're welcome. Thanks for it. No, hold the amens down. I can't go on anymore. Chapter number four, verse number two. What did he do here? Watch what he said. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and wait a minute, wait a minute, before the temptation ever came, he was already praying and fasting. He was already preparing, knowing that what's coming. God said, you're in a spiritual war, it's coming. It's here, it's heading towards you. You should know, God, when this day comes, I hope I recognize, I hope I'm living for you. So in verse number two, he prayed and prepared himself for the battle. Look at verse number three, five, and eight. What did he do next? He followed God's plan no matter what he faced and what he was presented with. Yeah, but circumstances have changed. We sound like the world anymore. Situation ethics determined that I do this. Situation ethics had nothing to do with what you determine or don't do. This is what does it. This is what tells you, go to church, pay your tithe, win people to cry, witness to the Lord, love your family, forgive other people. This is what tells me what to do, not the circumstances, because circumstances are playing upon your flesh. No place in the Bible does it say react to circumstances in the way that's best. No place. They used to call that situation ethics. So, in verse number 3, 5 and 8, he followed God's plan no matter what he faced or was presented with. Look at verses 4, 7, and 10. You're not going to do this real quick, but he followed God's word. What did he say? It is written. Yeah, but look at this and look at that and look what I'm offering. It is written. What does the Bible say? So I tell you guys in here, especially you guys, you're supposed to be the leaders that God made you to be. You do not know enough scripture to rub them together. If you had to go to heaven based upon quoting 10 scriptures and where they're found, most of you would end up going to hell. You will not listen. But you tell me what's going on in your job, you can talk for days about that. You can talk for days about jobs. You can talk for days about investment. You can talk for days about sports. You can talk for days about everything. But when I say, okay, put your Bible down, I'd like somebody to stand up and quote me 10 verses right now. If it depended upon you going to heaven by quoting 10 verses, would you be going to heaven? Verses 4, 7, and 10, he followed God's word. He quoted Bible. It is written. And he quoted it. And then finally, in verse 11, he waited on God to deliver and strengthen him. Well, see, it's not working. I'm, I mean, I prayed and I've been fasting for days. What's going on? I don't get it. Quit your reasoning in your flesh. God is right if you have to die. What did Job say? Naked came I into this world, and naked shall I return to it. So what was, what, was, what was his final statement? Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord has a right to give you stuff. Yeah, preach, that's great. And the Lord has a right to take it away. You're going to find out your flesh when the devil gets permission to take it away. said and done. Everybody was praising Job's comfort for his deliverance. Is your flesh killing your spirit? Is your spirit killing your flesh? Attack on your flesh is to get you to stop walking with God and trust yourself to react that way. Which do you walk Churches are dying. It's not always because they're empty. People are not giving. It's not because they don't make enough money. Not giving is a spiritual problem, not a money problem. I can prove it. You want to buy a house, you'll find a way to buy it. You want to get a car, you'll find a way to get the car. You want to fix something up, you'll find the money to do it. Well, yeah, but I got to pay it back. I think God's good for you. I might be wrong, but I think he's good for you. 
you think God will hold against you for being sleepy-eyed on the job as opposed to being sleepy-eyed in church? You think he'll say, well, it's okay. I skipped Sunday. I got up Thursday night. I got up Friday. Man, you got eight-day, ten-hour day tomorrow. You, skip, you got a lot going on. You think I'm mocking, making fun of you. No, I'm trying to describe to you what your flesh is doing to you. It is killing your spiritual life. And then we wonder why we sat in church. Nobody's amen except these two guys. Amen doesn't mean I'm doing it. It means you're right, preacher. Again, may I emphasize, your church is dying. All the indicators are starting to come up. And there's no reason for it. I don't understand it. Because we are not walking with God like we tried to let everybody think we were. My flesh is killing my spirit. To walk in the spirit will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You walk in the flesh, you'll never walk in the flesh. Father in heaven, thank you.